Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Beat on CLNS Media. It's October 16th. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan back together on Bruins Beat. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I know you're fighting through the elements right now to, to deliver the hot takes, which I, I respect. I think that's that's the sort of level of compete that this podcast has become so well known for. So you're really carrying out the mission. Yeah, fighting, uh, fighting a little bit of a cold that's going around. Not, not the Roni, not anything like that. Don't worry, <laughs> but just a little bit of the sniffles, a little bit of congestion. But I will, I will gut my way through this. Don't worry, Evan. Yeah, no, you, you are, and that's why I, I always believe in emergency. The, uh, the little, the little packets yes. of vitamin C. Those things are unbelievable when you're sick or right before you think you're getting sick. Um, but by the way, another really good thing, FanDuel, our partners. They're really cool too, so you should go check them out if you haven't already, which I'd be surprised if you haven't already because we've been telling you to do that for months. Um, anyways, Bruins 2-0. Print the t-shirts, 82-0, Connor. This team is destined for the Stanley Cup Final, undefeated. Um, but again, Saturday night, they get a, uh, a 3-2 win. They edge out the uh, Nashville Predators, and uh, then they have a nice little break, just like you needed to start the season. Nice big old, what is it, five-day break before they go out west, face the exactly Sharks. Exactly what you want. That's what you need in October. Got to rest up. You know, everybody, so much went into games one and two. You got to have a big break before game three. Um, but I, let, we'll talk about uh, Saturday's win first, and then we'll dive into sort of the line shuffling, which happened on Monday, because there's a lot of interesting takeaways from that. Uh, but we'll start with the game on Saturday night, which uh, I missed, actually. I missed. I was watching your alma mater. Watching, uh, yeah. Get there's beat by your future that. alma mater. It's fine. <laughs> so, B, so, yeah, BU lost 8-2 to two to the NTDP. But uh, the NTDP scoring, a lot of it came from future Terriers. So it was – the place kind of didn't know what to do. There were a lot of so. cheers – yeah, I mean, BU wins every time, uh, as you've come to see. So I watched the game Sunday morning. It was nice. It was, like, peaceful. You know, I, I wasn't on Twitter during the I just kind of watched it. Got to fast forward through parts. It was great. It was just perfect. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from Saturday's game, that in one game, if you said, describe what you think the 2023-24 Bruins will be, it's that game, right? Physical, good forechecking. Hard to play against, and that kind of goes in all three together. Good defense, good goaltending. Five on five scoring is not going to be their strength. Uh, what was your what you know? What were sort of your impressions of that game Saturday? Yeah, I kind of agree with what you said. I think it kind of defies how the Bruins, especially early on this season, are going to have to uh, kind of grind out points here. That's a gutsy win, right? Like, it wasn't pretty. You said five on five scoring was really tough to come by. 
You relied on your proven offensive guy, uh, offensive conduit, and David Pasternak to bail you out. Uh, you capitalize on special teams. I mean, they, they get two power play goals, both from James Van Riemsdyk, which is a, a welcome addition there of a guy like that contributing. But five on five, you're still going to have to sort through or to get consistent scoring there. But as long as your your goaltending holds up like it, it did in that game with Jeremy Swayman, as long as you're, what, killing seven power plays for Nashville, I mean, they, they <laughs> score, they get the extra skater there, so they do get one goal. But technically seven for seven in terms of actual power play situations. Um Again, as long as your defense and goaltending is holding their own in that regard and you're still capitalizing on special teams, it's a pretty good formula to at least be in the thick of it, to, to grind out points, get wins. Uh, you know, Even if you come up short in overtime, you're still keeping things close. Like That's going to have to be the formula. Now, again, the Bruins are hoping that um, you know something's changed in terms of more consistent 5-on-5 five five offense. That's kind of what we saw from Jim Montgomery shuffling up shuffling up the lines uh, on Monday during practice, but that's very much going to be a work in progress. But if you're the Bruins and you're kind of starting anew with this new season and you have a, a, a foundational strength uh, in net and on defense, you're going to be right in the thick of many of these games, which is kind of what you saw. It may not be pretty. I'm sure Bruins fans liked it more when they were winning games four to two, three to one, all those things last year when that came in bunches when you had the scoring to complement that great defense. But it's going to be a little bit of a, a tougher grind this this year, but that does not mean it's going to be a slog by any means. And you have that much talent on the back end, but just going to be a little bit argu- a little bit more arduous from from where you were last year. A little more uh, like you know ground and pound, so to speak, uh, like in football. You know, run the ball a lot. That's what it's, it feels like it's going to be this year. But unlike the Patriots, you you can win the way the Bruins are doing yes. it. The Patriots cannot, unfortunately. Um, in the offensive zone, it's interesting. Uh, there was not a lot of five-on-five play on Saturday night. There just wasn't much. Uh, there was a lot of penalties. and But for the little bit of five-on-five there was, I was really intrigued with the forecheck of the Bruins, of, of guys like Lucic, uh, guys like Beecher, obviously that fourth line, and just throughout how quick they were on the Predators' defensemen. And... There were a few turnovers made because of it. There was one, I forget which Predators defenseman it was, kind of backhanded it. He was sort of forced to to his right, yeah. backhanded it in the middle of the zone, and Pasternak just got it and got a, a really strong scoring chance and I think was blocked. Um, but that you know what that looks a lot like? <laughs> the Florida Panthers last year. And we've been saying this all along. Like, crazy. Where, I wonder where they got that one from. Um, imitation, I guess, is the best form of flattery. But... I think, you know, again, you see glimpses of it and it feels like to, to play that out, to play that style of, of sort of forechecking, they have the roster for that. They may not have the roster for the five on five scoring they had last year, right? No Bergeron, no Krejci, no Bertuzzi, no Hall, which is a, which is obviously are huge losses. But if you want to beat the hell out of a team when they go back to retrieve a puck, you can do that. You can do that. And uh, again, no real goals straight off of that uh, on Saturday. But I think at some point those will come. Um, James Van Riemsdyk has sort of been a guy that we've, I think he's kind of a big question mark inside the top six of, you know, should he belong there? Is he, is he past his prime? Um, gets two goals on the power play on Saturday, which is kind of what we expect of him this year, producing on the power play. Uh, what have you thought of his game? so far yeah yeah i think five on five is still a work in progress again we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit but he's pushed further down the lineup uh following monday's practice which i think is where he's probably best suited especially considering who his line mates could be 
But in terms of the power play, this is still a guy that even at 34 years old, he's still effective in what his what his role is there. And again, you look at his his numbers and how much they did last year. Yes, he only had two power play goals uh, with Philly, but that was also a dreadful power play for. Uh, oh my Flyers. god, I terrible! Were, I think they're. I think they were last place in the NHL and they were like 15.4%. And again, it all depends on, I don't think James Van Reeves like changes what, what his approach is at the net front. This is a guy that's a big body, really, really good at, at tipping pucks, really good hand-eye coordination. Uh, Charlie McAvoy last week mentioned that he's right up there with, you know, I think James, uh, Joe Pavelski is the guy that everyone mentions, but then you've got, you know, JVR and some of these other guys are right below him in terms of just having that knack for doing that. So, Benrizek's not changing his approach there, but what is changed is instead of having, you know, insert flyer here on the power play that didn't really make a big difference from last year, you have David Posternock and Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand that are feeding him bucks and you're seeing those chances. So that doesn't mean that I don't think James Enrique's like going to have a 30 goal season, but it's kind of what we, what we mentioned before, right? Like if Nick Ritchie can give you seven power play goals and 15 total goals uh, two years ago, I think James Henry's like who's pretty damn good at, at that same exact spot uh, can can give you that in that spot. So really encouraging. And again, it, it's good to see a guy that's not reinventing the wheel at this point of his career. Like, yes, he may not be the 30 goal guy. He was those last few years in Toronto, but um, if you put him at the net front and you have skilled guys around him, they're going to feed him the puck. Good things are going to happen. Like even I think that first goal he had, like just that split second, like cross crease pass there. Like again, Banks off a guy helps out, but that goes to show like you make those split second passes down low like that. Good things are going to happen, especially if there's another guy on the other side of the net front there. So um, really encouraging what you've seen from him so far. Yeah, I, I think on the power play, you nailed it. It's what we expected. Um, and again, when you have Pasternak kind of on that other side, and I think he was trying to get the puck to, uh, you know, I think, you know, good things can happen. But yeah, I mean, five on five, we got to see a little bit more. Again, we haven't seen much. Chicago was was the opener, and then you barely played at five on five uh, on on Saturday. So it's hard for us to sort of give a full, you know, James Van Riebsdyk five on five breakdown when there just has not been much five on five play, um, at least through two games, to really take a lot from. Uh, we're gonna spend a lot of time on five on five scoring in this. We're gonna spend a lot of time on the sort of the offense. I want to touch on the defense and goaltending a little bit. Uh, I thought defensively they were they were great. Saturday. I thought they were solid. Um, and again, not a surprise. Those are your six guys. Uh, the one, I guess, little issue that I had was, um, I think it was Nashville's first goal. Kevin Shattenkirk uh, joined the rush, with, which is something Montgomery's wanted and preached. And, you know, Boston's defense is aggressive that, you know, and, you right. know, you, you, Mon- Montgomery was sort of outspoken about that last year of like, we'll trade chances with teams. We're confident. That is one area where I think you do have to watch it a little bit uh, with this group because, you know, can you get caught up ice with this team? I, I don't know. You know, I don't think it's always the smartest move. It was a good chance. I mean, it was a high slot, low pad shot, just bounced out. And, you know, again, I think if that's swallowed up, if that goes in, it misses the net. I think think different things happen, but it goes off Sarves' right pad and the Predators are out of the zone in a second and going the other way right. uh, for a chance. So that is one area where I think maybe – you do have to be a little cautious um, with that. The other thing is, I thought Swayman looked great. I thought Jeremy Swayman yeah. looked superb on uh, Saturday. He was inundated with shots, especially early. Um, did you see anything from the defense or Swayman that uh, 
gave you a reason for optimism or cause for concern? Anything? Yeah, I think as advertised, right, in terms of what you're expecting from those guys, um, Jeremy Swimming looked really, really solid, which is really encouraging to see. I think Jim Montgomery mentioned until something drastic happens, they're probably going to go trade off stats for the, the start of this season. It helps out when your schedule's so stretched out early on in October and November that you kind of have to do that, right? Or else you're having Swayman, you know, sit for, you know, six, seven, eight days, right? So, um, but Swayman and them were really good. Omar looked uh, really strong as well. So, got to keep that up. Again, as much as we talk about, like, who's going to get the, the lion's share of reps, Bruins' best case scenario is probably they both get, you know, 41 starts, right? That would be the perfect situation, right? And having both those guys playing at a really high level. So, no concerns there uh, between those two guys. And then, yeah, defense, I think, has been really solid. Again, I think they have to be careful with their, their D and jumping up into the play because you also don't have the the firepower in place, right, to, to trade chances, I think. So it, it's not like last year where you're like, all right, well, they've got enough guys sprinkled throughout the lineup that even if they uh, push the pace and get burned for it, they can get that right back, right? Um, you don't have as nearly as much of that this year unless you're really relying on your big guns or your power play or what have you. So you have to kind of find that fine line between playing how I think Montgomery wants to play, but also not getting burned because you just don't have uh, the the scoring up front, especially to really kind of uh, negate that, that risk taking there. But as a whole, I think guys have looked pretty good. Like again, we know Forbert's flaws, but was great on the PK, even like Shankar jumping into the play. I think he's been pretty steady back there. Like he's not flashy. Doesn't really do anything like, skating wise or anything like that that really kind of stands out but just seems to consistently make the right plays i think he's actually been really good on the power play in the second unit like when he's finding those uh opportunities to get pucks on net like they're usually making it right to the goalie right so i actually think he's been pretty solid in that spot and it'll be curious to see how they kind of continue to build out his role especially with forward because right now a whole lot of d-zone starts for those guys when i don't know if really that's exactly what you want to hand especially a guy like shattenkirk I was going to say for Forbert, D-zone starts, that's perfect. Uh, you know, it, they're complete opposites. So you're right. I mean, you're going to kind of have to find uh, that common ground. And you're right. I mean, you can't, you cannot trade chances uh, with this team. Again, they're not like, it's not impossible to score five on five. They're just not last year's team. Last year was an anomaly. Right. Most teams can't ch- trade chances uh, in the NHL. Again, I'm not trying to be a Bruins apologist here. Um, but again, I just don't, I don't know about that. But anyways, Connor. Quick word from our sponsor. All right, quick second here to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, fanduel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, now back to the conversation. Uh, Monday, Jim Montgomery comes out in practice and kind of really shakes things up. He talked about it after uh, the home opener, uh, saying that, you know, they want to keep guys together, but they also are going to shuffle lines. Montgomery shuffled lines a lot last year. So this isn't a surprise, but I'll read off the lines for you. Uh, DeBrusque, Zaka, Pasternak, Marshan, Patra, Geeky, James Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, Frederick, Lucic, Beecher, Lauko, and then Brown, and then Heinen's just here. <laughs> I just thought they're having a good time. Just, you know, just having, you know, it's like it's like a stick time. Just free skating out there. So I respect that. I think Sarah Sivian said it best. She said uh, he's in this situation ship with the Bruins. So um, yes, I think there's I think there's truth to that. Uh, then on D, Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, Forbert, Shattenkirk, Mitchell's a seventh D, uh, and then Manny Fernandez was starting in net with uh, Tim yes. Thomas. Decided to stay behind and stay behind him. Yes. Uh, so great stuff uh, on that front. Petrov Maguire will be pleased with uh, that goaltending tandem. But uh, defense, you know, whatever. That's you know, that's kind of a – we know what's going to come of that stuff. By the way, Brandon Carlo, I think, has been awesome to start the year. Um, yes. But that's a that's an aside. Uh, up front, Patro is back in the top six. Coyle moved on to third-line center. Van Riemsdyk as the uh, third-line left wing. I think the real one that people were like, wait, what? Uh, Morgan Geeky as the uh, right shot on that line with Marshan and Patra. Um, I am not quite ready to put Morgan Geeky in the top six. I'm not ready to put him with Marshan and Patra. Uh, do you disagree or will you, or, or, you know, are you going to set me straight on this or where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so tough to really kind of glean so much out of just two games, right? Especially, like, one of those games that you said, like, barely had any five-on-five play, right? You don't really yes. have a whole, a lot of situation where you can really glean from what these guys have. But I think you look at Montgomery and his line of thinking where you want to see what Patra can bring in that top six spot. Um, and he kind of mentioned, we look at Patra and he has this nine-game sample size. It seemed like a given at some point they were going to elevate him into the top six. But Montgomery pretty much said on Monday, like, no, like, we kind of wanted to see him in the third line and see, like, what he could bring and build some chemistry. Like, we don't want to yank him up and down the lineup, but he's looked really good. And he's looked really good next yes. to Morgan Geeky, who, who uh, Montgomery says he's been really impressed with in terms of his uh, forechecking ability, his ability to read plays, uh, D zone coverage, all that stuff. So I think it's kind of a, a two for one, right, in terms of Patra's elevation there, where if you're putting him next to an elite talent like Marshand, we obviously know if you're trying to make Patra stick and you want to play to his strengths, sticking him with Marshand makes plenty of sense. But by that same token, look at how many other uh, forwards who have done really well next to a guy like Brad Marshand, like Riley Nash, Dan Heinen. If all of a sudden you put Geeky into that spot, and we've talked about Geeky before to that, his production seems like a guy that really could get more out of uh, what the Bruins have here if they give him more minutes. Maybe the right course is, you know, if all of a sudden you have a, a top line that works with those two guys, Kiki becomes a guy that can give you 40 points and Poitra looks like he can stay in the NHL. That's a win-win, right? And then as you look down the rest of the lineup, everything falls into place. So I don't know if Kiki's going to be the permanent guy there by any means, but I think if you're Jim Montgomery and you really want to overhaul these lines, see where guys can fit, and most importantly, see where you can get more five-on-five scoring, 
if you can get your rookie center centerman involved, get him rolling along with the guy you probably view as having the highest upside uh, at five and five scoring among your free agent signings, that seems like a win-win. And at this point, it doesn't hurt. No, I agree. I, the only thing is the the playing with Martian. I agree, he makes guys better. But I mean, you have to think back. Heinen thing, he had Bergeron in the middle, and then uh, right. Riley Nash was with Pasternak. So there is that. Does help. Um, does help. It does help. It does help. I don't know if Potter's quite I, I, there I don't yet. Know why you're, I don't know why you're slandering Riley Nash. But. <laughs> I can't help. You know, he's a Harvard grad. You just you know they they can take it. They they can handle it. Um, you know, it's interesting because when I look at this lineup, like Dubrovskaya Pasternak, I like that. Uh, I really like Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, and Frederick. I think that's a very strong third line, and Coyle's back with Frederick. You know, I got to say, watching uh, Coyle had an outstanding game against Nashville. I mean, just yeah. in his own zone, penalty killing, like, just does everything right. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, if he could just produce consistently. Now, again, maybe moving him all over the lineup isn't exactly conducive to that. Um, but, you know, I mean, we like, the tough part is, Right, like Dubrovskaya not good. Marshan with Patra, like it. That other that that wing spot, like who else is going to slot in there? That's the thing. Like, I do think you know I I'm not a big fan of Geeky quite yet. I know you're close. You're close to getting me over the hump on Geeky. You're close. Just just at least play with a little more pace. Um, not joining the Geek Squad yet. Not quite there. I'm not. I'm I'm too busy smoking that pot with Patra. So I, you know I don't the the Geek Squad. Not quite there yet. Um, and Van Riemsdyk, I'm not, you know, again, not sold on him five on five either. I haven't, but... thought, of any, I haven't thought of any game for Van Riemsdyk yet. Give me, <laughs> give me another week. Nothing yet on that. Well, I guess the one thing is Van, like, uh, are you, how big of a Seinfeld guy are you? Not, not a huge Seinfeld. I, I know, oh. Evan, you're like, uh, you're like the oldest, however, however freaking old you are. But I know you, <laughs> you like, you, like vintage 90s stuff. So I know you're a big uh, Seinfeld guy, but not, not as well versed as you are, unfortunately. Uh, there was guy, a, so. No, I, I love Curb too. Curb is outstanding. Um, I, I mean, there's an argument for Curb being better than Seinfeld, I think. It, just different eras, just different eras. So, and also one was on HBO where you can swear and say whatever you'd like. Like this, you know, we can swear when we want and this and that. So it's great. Um, but Van, no, Van, I was going to say Van Riemsdyk, the only thing is the Van. Uh, in Seinfeld, there was a whole thing about the Van Buren boys. It was like a made-up gang about <laughs> Martin Van Buren. It was really stupid. But that's the only thing I can think of with that. I have nothing else. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, work on it. It's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. It's a long season. We got... A- feels like a 28 day layoff right now so <laughs> we'll workshop instead of working on you know stories and stuff that that, that stuff you, you could get going on a jvr uh bandwagon name yes. um but like even coil you know giving him a shot on the top six there i like him at center more like i like him with frederick or i just i like him down the middle more um but i'm not moving zaka out of there i'm not i want patra to get top six center time so uh, again, I think this is a work in progress. I don't think this yeah. is going to be forever. Um, I think that fourth line, something's there. I think Lucic beat your Lauko, like you got something there. I think, you know, in a perfect situation, Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, Frederick, uh, that's a, a solid third line. Um, again, it's just trying to generate this five-on-five scoring, which is what Montgomery alluded to on Monday. Um, and also it's getting Potra that top six time because, you know, again, right. seven games left of this nine-game sample – I have a tough time thinking he's going out. I said this to Hags on Friday. Like, he gives you options. You know, if Patra's not there, Coyle's not moving out of the top six as a center. You know, I don't think so. Um, so, again, he gives you options there, which is the biggest thing. 
Um, one other thing, and this is long term, I don't want to look too far into this, but we can kind of touch on it now because Lord knows we'll be talking about it later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's say with this, let's say it kind of stays similar to these lines, right? You got you, you, your third line is ideal with Van Riemsdyk, Coyle, Frederick, Lucic, Beecher, Brown, good as the fourth line. Debrus, Zakapashnak makes sense on line one. Uh, but then that one little spot next to Patra and Martian, let's say on the right side, it's just kind of not. Not really finding it with Geeky. Maybe he needs to move down in the lineup uh, in the third or fourth line or something like that. Let's just say, right? And they're having, but they're having success. Does that mean they got to make a move at the deadline for a top six winger? Like, I just don't want that to be the case this year because I don't want to give up futures. But I'm curious. Like, if that's down the, I'm looking way too, I'm going down the rabbit hole here, but I'm wondering if that's going to be an issue later in the year. Yeah. I mean, I just can't see it being a situation where, and I think we did our bold predictions. I said they weren't going to make any move to buy at the deadline just because I think the Bucks got to stop somewhere, right, in terms of relinquishing draft assets and younger players. And this seems like the perfect year where you can build internally. You finally have young, promising players in place, whether it's Beecher, Patra, Lorai, who could be up later on this year, what have you. I just can't see a situation unless it's, you know, Vancouver wants to give you Connor Garland on a silver platter or what have you. I just can't see a spot where unless it's, lower level draft compensation or maybe like younger players in Providence. Maybe you don't view as being long-term, like unless like Vancouver loves a guy like Lysel and you have another piece like that and gives you a guy like Garland, maybe, but you got to make the money work. You don't have a lot of money there. Yep. Again, perfect situation where, you know, I'm I'm mapping out a scenario where all things kind of fall into your lap. Rarely ever happens in real life in the NHL, especially when you have the cap involved. So, um, I still view it as being kind of more of a long shot there. And I think the Bruins would rather just look at it internally, uh, look to the future of, you know, I think they view themselves as having a competitive team. Seems like they have the the pieces in place for that. But when you look at the strides, I hope these younger guys can make uh, the established challenge sign long-term and the amount of cap space this upcoming off season. I can't see a situation where they're necessarily going to be, you know, pushing in, putting all the chips on the table yet again uh, this year when I feel like, You've got a good foundation, and now it's all about building it in this kind of post-Bergeron era. I agree. Make it work with the guys you got. Give guys a chance in the top six. Again, we're, I, I'm sort of writing geeky off in that scenario. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, again, I think there is upside. You mentioned it a lot in the offseason with a guy like him. Um, and again, if it works with Patra, I mean, so far, those two have looked solid together. Um, yeah. You know, you never know. The other thing is, and you mentioned him once there with the, you think, the mock Vancouver trade. Uh, let's say Lysel has a good year in Providence. Let's say Lysel like really yeah. finds his game in the next couple of months. That could be something. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that will happen, but it's an option. It's an option down the road. And again, like if they are what we think they're going to be, which is competitive, but they want to give Lysel a shot there for a couple of games mid season, like, yeah, I mean, the door is open for that. Cause I think right now, again, in that top six, um, you know, if Patra stays, you have 
in the top six as we talked about, right? DeBras, Zaka, Poshnok, Marshan. You want to throw Patra in there. Um, you know, that that sixth forward, is it Kiki? Is it Coyle? Is it Van Riemsdyk? I think we're going to see a lot of them rotate through this year. Um, again, though, I'm interested to see because, you know, the competition is not super tough coming up. So you will get a pretty good look um, at how guys uh, can produce in that top six. So interesting stuff, Connor. Are we jumbling the lines? Things are moving around, but uh, never not interesting, which is the good part. Uh, speaking of things that are always interesting, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we'll have you covered every step of the way this season, even during this extended lull, uh, as the Bruins head on the West Coast. But every game, practice, we're going to have you covered with updates. We'll get lineup changes, uh, features, all that stuff uh, further down the pipeline to the season. So a lot of exciting stuff where – we're cooking up over at Boston.com and the Globes. Please read all of our stuff over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all that. And remember, Connor, you got to get you gotta get healthy by Thursday night. That's the big thing. got to get yourself woo, back in shape. <laughs> Emergency. Some, uh, yes. some Mucinex, whatever it takes. Some Tropicana. Some little, little OJ. <laughs> yes, that too. Some toast. All that fun. Well, toast, I guess, isn't really a cold thing. Um, yeah, that's fine. But toast is just good anyway. So toast is always good with some butter on it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Connor, that is this week's Bruins beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Teenage.